This is the Magic Convention Guide podcast for the 1st of March, 2009. Hi, Bob Sheets here uh, from Washington, D.C. Uh, I'm looking forward to meeting everyone at the South Tideside International Convention. Uh, I guess that would be in South Tideside. And uh, if you want to hear about the convention and everything else you ever wanted to know about magic conventions, you can go to the site at magicconventionguide.com. We'll see you at the office. We're here with Bob Sheets, who's coming over to the South Tyneside Magic Convention in March. Hi, how are you? You're running a couple of things at the uh, South Tyneside Convention. You've, you've got the Masterclass, you're lecturing, you're in the gala show as well. For people that haven't gone to the Masterclass before, do you want to just tell people a little bit about the Masterclass itself? Well, it's it's a um, uh, it's so funny. Three Shell Game, which I think all, all, all magicians should do the Three Shell Game. And... Um, uh, basically, it's one of the, the very few tricks you can lay on the table, except for the Chinese linking rings. I think we got to put that in there, where you lay it on the table, and people instantly know where it is. You know, you know what it is, and especially in Europe, you know, uh, yeah. with all the the Russian mobs and stuff doing the uh, uh, the three shell game with the with the matchboxes and stuff on the street, and it, it's 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 pretty pervasive, you know, all through Europe. So. Um, uh, it's probably even more recognizable to you guys because you're actually still doing it. We don't see three shell game too much here, uh, but it's in our history so much. So yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean, I've been out to Barcelona quite a few times, and you you see a lot of three shell game there on on the street corners. And also, I've seen it in in the UK, in London, quite a lot on street corners as well. Right, with with either the matchboxes or the or the bottle tops. You know, yeah. they sometimes use bottle tops with a little piece of aluminum foil or something. The three-shell game itself that you're, you're going to go through, do, do people need to kind of have done it before? Do they need to bring anything with them? Nope. <clears throat> what they need to do is bring, if, if any kind of set, even if you get the uh, Vernet shells or something, uh, bring those if you have them. Otherwise, bring three bottle tops uh, and a soft pad. That would be good just to be, be easier uh, to do real work on, you know. And uh, I sort of drill it. It's sort of like, you know, going through a, an athletic class. The, the routine is, is the beginning routine and the routine that I use one-on-one. Um, it's the routine that was on the uh, introduction to Three Shell Game DVD that Whit Hayden and I did. Yeah. And um, it's got all the pattern. And I, have, I, brought, I got all the notes, so no one has to take any notes yeah. on what yeah. they're learning. Everything is completely... So they, all they have to do is just... We're just going to actually... So we do it, it you know, it, it could go... Um, you know, two hours, two and a half hours. Uh, could go an hour and a half, depending on how fast the class is. I just did one at Denny Haney's Magic Cup, DennyMagic.com. I think I had 13 people standing up for almost three hours. It just, <laughs> it, we were just fascinated with it. We just had, a, and we just had a blast. Um, as simple as as the three shell game is, magicians really, really, really don't uh, understand it or, or really know anything about it unless they've actually studied it but very very few have so yeah I mean I was gonna say is there a lot of material on the three shell game like you said it's it's a small thing that you can you know, pretty much do with anything bottle tops you know, cups whatever it happens to be but oh well you know there's not an awful lot um, uh, and I think a lot of the changes that uh, you know Wit and I've brought to the game is is just some unbelievable steps uh, over what's been out there for the last 50 years. We've really, really changed the way the game is done, perceived, and, and, and a lot of the, uh, um, the the new techniques and stuff um, 
probably will end up on the street, I'm sure. Mm, yeah. It, it has to. But it's, it's, um, uh, it's, I started doing it for um, magicians, and, and, and I was working festivals. I, I'm a, I do, I've been doing a, a lot of people don't know I'm a street magician, and so I've done, but I've done festivals for 25 years. There you are. And where I'm like the only guy there with these little artsy fartsy, you know, yuppie pup, where they sell arts and crafts. Yeah. You know, uh, in the like in Vermont and stuff, and um, uh, different class of folk than they come to the Renaissance Festival. Mm. And so um, I started really doing it there. So the the cross between doing it for laymen and doing it for magicians uh, really turned it into a hybrid of, of uh, what was done before and it's just amazing so fun to do for magicians because they're supposed to know how this is done <laughs> and they're just fried by it so I have a blast with it I just have I, I, I continue to learn continue to to, to grow it and um, and the new stuff that's on the um, the new DVD with the with with the uh, scoundrels touch is the routine, the way I've been doing it for the last five years. Yeah. And um, uh, that's, co of course, very difficult to teach in a class that fast, you know. Um, but after I've done a few of them, we'll, we can start to do, you know, number two with folks. But getting them through number one first is the first part of the process. But it's a blast. It's just fun. It's real hands-on. They're not, not going to be looking and listening to a guy talk. We're yeah. actually going to be drilling. So this is very much an interactive boot camp for Three Shell Game. Absolutely, absolutely. Okay, now you mentioned a little bit about DVDs there. Now you have got lots and lots of DVDs out there. You've, you've come up with you know various effects over the years. What's, what's your favourite stuff out of all the stuff you've created? Well, you know, it's sort of, it, you know, the answer to that is that it's what I'm working on now. Because uh, I'm sort of a one-at-a-time guy. I'm working on it now, and uh, and then I'll continue to work on it once I get it to a certain level. Like three shell game, you can every time you it's like playing piano. Yeah. You know, you learn those notes, and then all of a sudden you're doing the scales, and then you're doing, you know, and then you start writing stuff, and then you start, you know, composing and etc. You know, and it and, and magic's very much the same way. You know, you think you're done with it, and then you go, no, wait, no, wait. You know, you're. <laughs> and so you're always, you always have that. Yeah, well, you know, uh, it's, it's crazy. I, 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 and I admit to being a nutcase. You know, <laughs> but I totally love it, and I, and, and uh, I love uh, doing the uh, conventions and and all the stuff. You know, it's just, uh, uh, and 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 for me, one of the thrills has been, you know. Uh, you know, being able to travel internationally, and, I, and of course, I love England, especially you know after I won the Ron McMillan uh, close-up. Yeah, I, I got to say that was a thrill. Getting, <laughs> getting a trophy in front of five thousand people at the London Palladium, and every one of them is going, "Well, we want to see that guy." <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, it's a close-up show, you know. <laughs> uh, still a it was very, very fun and a big surprise to me. So, well, talking about sort of awards and things like that, you're also uh, Magic Castle Lecturer of the Year as well, aren't you? Magic Castle Lecturer, another surprise. I was a uh, somebody cancelled, and they, I, I, I go out. I'm from California originally, and I'm a cat, definitely a castle brat. I worked there when I was 18. Hmm. I lied and told them I was 21, and, and they hit <laughs> me. And uh, I, I was in the circus then, so I was completely wild and crazy and outrageous and 
and uh, for the time uh, they go oh wow you know and uh, um, you know magic is always open to younger guys that are willing to put it out there and do I wish we saw, I wish we saw more at the magic conventions than we do we really don't they really should just try it and you know keep coming you know because uh, there's a lot of really really great talent out there of course you know we want him to do some shows. Come on, guys. <laughs> I don't want to see a 30-second trick. I need to see a show. Give me an act. Come well, on, bring it. Well, that's the thing. I mean, I've, I, we've been talking with quite a few people over the last couple of weeks interviewing them, and um, the thing that seems to come up all the time is it, it's not about the trick. It's about the performance. It's about the person, the persona, you know, and whether they're entertaining or not. Anyone can go out and, and do a trick, but, you know, with yourself and, and quite a few other people, it's, you know, you go to see Bob Sheets. Um, he's the entertainment. Well, Masculine and Devant, one of my favorite magic books, I mean, it says exactly that. Magic, the final analysis, the final part of magic is in its, is, is not in the, in the slight, not in the invisibility of the move, not in the thing, it's in the performance. I mean, pretty much says it all. It, it really is, you know, what it's about. Um, and, you know, people, even the hobbyist, you know, got five friends he has to perform for, you know. So, um, and with the nowadays, uh, with the so much good material out there, uh, there's a lot of not such good material. Yeah. Um, I think you have to have a friend that is a little knowledgeable to help you pick. Mm. So, um, I'm not much on reviewers because lots of them are just that. They're reviewers and writers and they're not performers. Yeah. So I, I think that's a little bit like sometimes the judges in some magic contests aren't really performers and aren't and, and don't know enough stuff. Yeah. You know, yeah. I when 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 uh, Leonard Green uh, the first time he entered FISM, they went back and they said, Hey, show us the deck and he said, What? He says the, the they thought he was using fake cards. <laughs> he had to publish two pieces, you know, the snap deal and um, angled separation for them to go oh my god and then the next time FISM came around they just threw the prize at him yeah realized that, that uh, how wrong they were yeah i think um also i think Darren brown when he entered ron's day um in the competition a long time ago didn't come anywhere because people just thought he's too still right you know i i think um mentalism and pickpocketing is very very difficult to do at magic conventions because you have that preconception right away. Hmm. Um, the the ones that do well at that are the um, like John Archer kills yeah. uh, at magic conventions because of course because of the humor. Hmm. I mean he's just a monster, uh, and I'm so excited that he's going to be at this convention as well. We've met it. I've, I've met him several several times. We've gotten to hang, and, and uh, he's a pretty funny guy. It's a, quite a lineup at this convention, so I think it's going to really going to be good, very, very good. Yeah. Yeah, I was going to say. I mean, what are you looking forward to about South Tyne? Because South Tyneside, you know, it's quite a small place. It's quite a small convention, but it always manages to get you know, a very, very good lineup. And, and this year, especially, you know, there's some very, very good names there. Why South Tyneside? Why not one of the other big conventions? You know, it's in what is it? It's in March. They invited me, and and uh, uh, you know, the excuse to travel internationally is always great. Uh, the lineup always vote. You go, who, well, who else have you got? You know, oh sure, yeah, that sounds like something you want to do. And I've had some friends that have done it in the past that just had a really, really great time there. Mm -hmm. um, 
And I've done some of the other conventions like that. Um, I like the the little conventions where you, you because you can really talk to people and you can really you know be around them and 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 uh, hang and and uh, I like magicians. I know a lot of guys don't. The, the, a lot of guys work conventions. They don't. And and I never understand that. How could they? They get so mad. They go, "Well, don't come. Don't do. We don't want you here." <laughs> oh, I mean, you, you got an attitude and a thing. And and uh, I think the major thing about most of there's a lot of really good magicians that should do conventions and they don't because they think that everybody that everybody um, knows more than they know. Yeah. And magic is a very myopic art. The reason I know so much about Free Shell Game is because I do it more than anybody else. Yeah. And you realize that if you if you could do take something and do it for one hour a day in five years, you actually probably know more about it than anyone in the world. That's pretty amazing. Yeah. No. And you see that all the time in magic. I get fooled. I love to get fooled. I just love to get fooled. It uh, doesn't happen always, you know, because the more you get around and the more you've seen, of course, the harder that is. The circle, your circle of knowledge grows, yeah. and it, it, it's, it's, it's more difficult to do. But I love to be surprised, and I love to be, and I and I love to be entertained. There's nothing better for me than, than watching, uh, you know, guys like John Archer and and uh, John Stetson and different all the different guys, you know. I yeah. Yeah, I, I was going to ask two two sort of other questions, sort of related to that. I mean, one of the things is how do you choose your material? I mean, of of all the things that are out there, you know, obviously three shell game for you is you know some, something you keep coming back to. But how do you pick material? How do you say right that's something I'm going to work on or that's something I'm going to look at? Well, the shells was is, is a twenty year project. I mean, I've been doing that for a long time, and and, and you know I, I just I'll just I mean until the until I threw in the poker chips and people stopped yelling at me, I never really started doing the game. Mm-hmm. Once I did that, I, it, it, it went over the top for me, you know? And, so, and it's sort of like that. Um, but generally what happens, uh, before I, 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 I'm a Fitch workshop guy. Yeah. Robert Fitch, Bob Fitch. And who was the, um, uh, he, he's a you know coach for lots of magicians. He's just marvelous and he does these workshops. And 10 years ago, I started doing them, and uh, before that, I had a two-year leader of working on a, a trick and then doing it. Yeah, because to me, I always thought that it like had to be perfect, mm. and um, or or it had to be up to par with my other material, which I've you know I was in the restaurant business for 15 years. Well, you can go to work every day and work eight hours a day every day for 15 years. You're, you know, you're just going to get good at something. Mm. You, you want your other material to come in at that. Well, once I, I now what I do be, is I came out of the, the Fitch classes with a, a whole other set of, of tools um, that allow me to um, do a lot of mental work before you even get there. You know, visualizing the concept of a trick. Mm. You know, seeing, uh, you know, if, if I can think of a joke... A, a line, a setup, uh, a concept, a theory, um, a story, uh, you know, something along those lines to give me something before I even see or buy a trick. That's what I try to do. Mm. Uh, and lots of times I'll see a trick that's, you know, I, I, I admit to be, <laughs> I admit to being part of the herd instinct. I, <laughs> you know, can't help but buy that. I have to have that to <laughs> give me, you know. And and um, 
but generally, I'll have an idea of what I want to do, or it, it'll it'll just spark something, you know. That and and so much material now that comes out is unfinished. Hmm. I, I think it's become easier to take something, uh, rework it, add yourself to it, and 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 bring it out. In fact, sometimes it's amazing is is that you can sometimes uh, do that, put together a routine. Show it to the guy that came out with it, and he doesn't even recognize it. <laughs> Which is that's the classic like, thing. If you can do you, that, then you yeah, that's like that's like whoa, baby. You know? <laughs> yeah, no, or or the or the God, I wish I'd have thought of that. <laughs> well, you did. That's your trick. <laughs> yeah. Well, one one of the things I was going to come back to, we, we mentioned briefly um, about circus and sideshows and, and things like that. You've actually had quite a colourful past in the sorts of things you've done. You know the circus slideshow performers. Uh, I was uh, yeah, I was eighteen. I got I, I was in the navy for seventeen days, and I, I, I got a a, a, a a medical discharge. I, I'm allergic to the wool and the blankets. <laughs> my God, I turned I turned I looked like a strawberry. It was from between my neck and my ankles, and uh, I tried to stay in because I joined, you know. Um, and uh, but they said no. If we sent you at that time, if we sent you to Vietnam, you'd rot. So we're, <laughs> you, you got to go. And uh, I also got a Dear Bob letter while I was in. 17 days, and I got a Dear Bob letter. <laughs> How embarrassing is that, you know? Um, I guess she couldn't wait for me to go, you know? <laughs> uh, but anyway, I got out, and a friend of mine, Kenny Bench, was a juggler. And uh, he, had, he had been with the circus for a year, and he was leaving to, to go to uh, Chicago to do another job. And he said... Uh, so listen, we're, I, there's a job opening up at the, at the circus. You eat fire, don't you? I said no. He says no, no. Listen, there's a job opening up at the circus for the, and they need a guy to do the sideshow and do some magic and and work in this, the, the the big show and stuff. He says you you do fire eating, don't you? I said no. And he said come over to the garage, and, you know, today at two o'clock and you know. And so I he you know stuck it down my throat a couple times and I said okay, great, you know. And that was the beginning and. And I did that for uh, like two years, eighteen to yeah, hardest time in magic, eighteen to twenty-one, I think. Yeah. You know, because there's no jobs, there's no, and you're too young, and you're a punk, and you shouldn't have any talent and ability, and and uh, um, so the circus was uh, was a real circus was the start of the of Bob's edge. And, and from the circus, where did you go from there? What, what, what... Uh, well, after I did that, Kenny went to Chicago and was doing trade shows. They worked for a trade show company, and it was the company that had bought out Mark Wilson's trade show company. Mm -hmm. And uh, they did the hand machine, and they did the robot girl, and they did lots of stuff. And so I went there, and I was the I was the roadie. I did it all, um, kind of the guy backstage, right, and, and setting them up and tearing it down. You know, when you're man, this is a thrill. You know, plus getting to do all these these cool things that that people have only heard of. You know. Um, and then I got laid off. I was 21 that year uh, in May, and uh, right after Halloween in October, um, I was ten in bar with Eba Hava Hal in, in Chicago. And that, that for the next 15 years, I was a magic bartender. So that's sort of the it went circus, uh, trade show, you, you, you know, um, performer and and fabricator and all that kind of stuff and and right into uh being a magic bartender wow <laughs> so I, I guess that's pretty that's given you a pretty good grounding for you know dealing with crowd you know dealing with audiences performing 
generally seeing what's going on, I guess. Well, the the, the circus was the was the hardcore, you know, you could pay attention and and you know, I mean, the first time I did it, I mean, I, they, but you, you know, I the first day on the on on the job, they invited me on the lot, and they said. In the, and I was in charge of the trade show, which made everybody else in the circus mad. There's a real hierarchical in the circus, okay? And you kind of got to, kind of have to like, you can't just come in there and take over. Yeah. You know, you have to, you they, you really have to um, show them your stuff, you know? And man, I was an 18-year-old punk. I knew, I, I mean, I knew nothing. <laughs> I was, you know, 100 and in. in, in 50 pounds. I was just tiny. You know, it was just—it was ridiculous. And and they and they showed me the tent, the, the sort of sideshow tent, and it was laying there with a pile of stakes and poles and the tent, and and I was supposed to put it up. <laughs> and I didn't know how to put a tent. Are you kidding? I'm a city kid. I don't know how to put up a tent. Crying out loud. It was a, it was amazing. You know, and I was sitting there crying for crying. You know baby big baby and and then uh, here come all of a sudden across the line it's just like a movie man here comes these guys oh, 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 oh. you know across the thing these big old guys with arms and stuff you know and and man they had that thing up in like eight minutes <laughs> and uh, and then that was it and so it became the army for me you know if they carried uh, five stakes I carried ten <laughs> they carried you know four poles I carried eight you know, and um, eventually, you know, um, you know, we had contests for pound and stakes, and you know, I be- I beat the canvas guy I, uh, repeatedly uh, after after a year. I mean, I got big. They, I really, I grew up in the. That was my that was my army. <laughs> that was my army, and and uh, and that getting a. I re- the first time I did the the sideshow, there was a bunch of people in there, and they were just yelling and screaming. I couldn't get their attention at all. And John Strong was about four inches taller than anybody. Yeah, I think he was like six three or six four. So his he was a head head and shoulders above everyone. And he walked in with his red coat and top hat on, and he goes, "Bobby, Bobby, what's going on in here?" And everyone turned around, and she, yeah, they were just you could hear a pin drop in a <laughs> moment. And then he introduced me, and and then I started doing my shows, and and then I you know, and that's where I. I learned how to do that. So I took when I went to the bars and stuff. You know, I was way too big. You know, mm. I was I was a stage performer doing close up. So um, Heba used to work for four to five, six people. You know, I I I worked for you know twenty, thirty, fifty, a hundred people. So yeah. um, I was a little expansive when it came to the bar magic thing. So it, 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 everything, um, every every little step that I took in my life added to what I was doing and still does. Mm. Yeah, it's great. Yeah, it's been a great time. I've been, what, can I what can I tell you? I'm very lucky. <laughs> We're getting back to hard work. Um, you're appearing a couple of times over the over the weekend at the um, South Tyneside Convention. You're doing the Gala Show on the Friday and also doing the close-up on the Saturday and, and your lecture itself is, is on the Sunday. Which is kind of great because I get to do... I'm going to do some of the because you know at a magic convention you can't do your whole lecture. No. So I kind of get to do some of the the material that I'll be doing in the lecture. I'll get to do it in the show. For it's it's really bad when you do it the other way. You do your <laughs> lecture first, and then you're on the shows and the stuff. You go, oh my god, I've just killed myself. <laughs> you know, or I have to do a different act, which is fine for me. I've got lots of material, but. 
but uh, there's stuff I would prefer to do, uh, and I get to do that here. So it's uh, it's fun. It'll be a great be a great time. Yeah, I'm doing the the uh, the, the stand up show. I guess 20 minutes they told me, and and uh, and the and the close up, and 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 then the lecture, and then the workshop, and the workshop, the master class as well. So bring your bring your bottle tops, and uh, I'll have peas for people. So. <laughs> so everyone can take home a, a Bob Bob Sheets pea. <laughs> That's it. I'll, Bob will bring the pea. You, know. <laughs> you guys bring the doo doo. I'll bring the pea. <laughs> Now, what other things are you up to as well? You, you've got a new set of DVDs out, haven't you? Yeah, last year I, I was the first year that I that I did a like in, in the states that I actually did a real live lecture tour. Usually I do lectures that are three or four at a time. And last year uh, I put together a, a friend of mine set up a a, a, a month long lecture for me. Now, I, now I've never done that. Uh, I did one in Italy years ago. I took my dad, but that was a different kind of a situation. But uh, a great, great experience. My dad still talks about that. My he goes, oh no, he brought his dad. You know, it was great. Anyway, um, uh, I, I did a lecture tour, and so I, I, I had a kind of a list of projects that I always wanted to do, and I never got to do them. And I put them all together for that lecture tour. And um, yeah, I did. I put together like six or seven things last year. Finished the finished the shell DVD. I finished the um, uh, Bob does hospitality um, three DVDs, which are my close up walk around act. Yeah. Um, the linking pins with Dan Garrett. He he, he begged me to do. Uh, he likes my jokes. Uh, <laughs> what else? Um, Tante, uh, Tano Nasaka's Tante, which is uh, a great version of. Uh, uh, three card Monty that he did in poker size with a uh, royal flush ending. Yeah. And he never did and did it in jumbo. And I and I and I and I said, Todd, if you'll make the cards up in jumbo size, I'll I won't try, I'll, I'll do the video for mm. for free. Yeah, you know, because I already had a killer routine in handling of the thing and have had for years. You know, and uh, Peter Duffy gave me a great. Thank you, Peter. If you ever listen to this, probably not, but but he's a great, a great one of my favorite awesome magicians. I'm a big fan, Peter Duffy fan, and, and I got a great review on that one from him in, in uh, the last, uh, I forget which one, he, Magic or Genie, I get confused. A good review from Peter Duffy means a lot to me. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, the, the lecture you're actually running at, at the weekend, um, can you tell us a little bit more actually what's in that lecture? Well, I, I, uh, <clears throat> my lecture is, is generally, um, uh, it's a uh, stage close-up, or stand up and close up, uh, uh, you know, comedy, you know, and, and bar, restaurant magic stuff. It's, it's stuff that just about anybody can do. Um, uh, there'll be plenty of stuff for all levels of people, and I, of course, like to tell stories, so there'll be a lot of that. Um, but uh, I think generally they'll they'll walk away, you know, knowing a little bit about Bob and what Bob's uh, what what Bob's magic is. So uh, I have a. I love magic, and I and I love sharing it, and uh, uh, I look forward to uh, to the trip. Okay, it's been absolutely brilliant talking to you. Thank you very much for your time. Ah, oh, thank you. And we look forward to seeing you at the South Tyneside Convention. Thank you. Thank you so much. The South Tyneside International Magic Festival takes place this March, Friday the 13th, Saturday the 14th, and Sunday the 15th at the Customs House in South Shields. 
Now all the information is available on our site. You can click on the left hand side, the South Tyneside Magic Festival link and you'll see all the news as we report it. You can also go to the South Tyneside Council site which also has a lot more information on it as well. Now that web address is www.southtyneside.info slash visiting us slash magic hyphen festival. You also find a link to that at the bottom of this podcast entry as well. Now, as Bob mentioned, he's running a masterclass on Sunday, the 15th of March, 3 p.m. till 5 p.m. And you can find all the information for that also on the South Tyneside website. Now, you can find all the information for this convention and other conventions on our main website at www.magicconventionguide.com.